Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface. And Father, in editing some of our previous episodes and going back and listening to them, um, particularly the one about prophecy, I've had a lot of thoughts kind of going through my mind that have been correlating to these discussions we've been having about how we need to think correctly, think things through, and not just take things upon their surface. And I'm getting contrary thoughts coming to mind from, from parables I'm remembering listening to and remembering reading, and I'm fairly certain that I'm missing some core concepts here or, or, or misconstruing things. Because the, the, the first thought that I'm having in my mind, and hopefully this will articulate my point as, as I'm going through the, the things from the, the Gospels that make me think of this, are the Roman soldier, the Roman commander, who tells Jesus, I trust you immediately after talking to him. And he didn't need to go check on Jesus' work. He knew that Jesus was a man of authority. And when Jesus said he did something, he immediately went with it and immediately believed. And then I think of things that, um, like when Jesus is talking to Thomas after his resurrection, he said, blessed are those who can believe without seeing, who just instinctually move forward and believe. And I have that one thought rattling in my mind in, in the corner. And then I have the other thought of, when we just blindly follow something and go with it, it can be massively problemsome um, to the extent of listening to the one we did on prophecy. And one of the discussions that we had were see what the actual results of the person who's creating prophecy is. See, see what are actually the fruits of, of the teachings. And... This all kind of got jumbled together, and the question of miracles came into play. Um, and is that a requirement to be a saint? What are miracles? So it's all getting mushed into this one soup that, that isn't really very clean cut anymore. And I wanted to have the discussion here because I think, as Americans in particular, we are very easily susceptible and in many ways media-wise motivated to immediately have an impulse and act upon it. I want these cookies. They look yummy. Eat them. You know, this place looks fun. We should go there and buy tickets now. Um, so there, there's a lot of our impulses there. And then that bleeds into we have to be the biggest, the loudest, most extreme. And we see that carrying over into different aspects of our lives. So that is the, the, the issue I've seen. And then as, like I said, I went to the, the Gospels to try to clear it out. I'm not sure I actually did. I think I muddied my own waters. So I wanted to, to let you have a discussion here because I'm sure this is something that has come up in the church in the history of the 2,000 years and probably in the history of your last couple months in teaching people. So I wanted to give the give you the floor here and let us have a, a good conversation. So if I'm following you right, Joe, the thing that feels contradictory to you is that there are some people who can act spontaneously, and that is in accord with God's will. There are other ways that we act spontaneously, and that's directly contrary to God's will. 
Yeah, that essentially so acting, sums it up. Yeah. So acting spontaneously is not a virtue in itself. There has to be something else that's a part of that. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's an important observation sometimes. And you, you brought that together with the, with prophecy. Prophecy seems to be something that's more spontaneous, not reasoned out. It's something that comes to me and I am moved to speak because of the prophecy. And then somebody else says, well, I'm moved to uh, whatever, storm the Capitol, and, uh, or I'm, I'm moved to uh, hit somebody in the face, or I'm moved to light this car on fire, or I'm moved to do other things that we would say, clearly that's, I don't know, not from God uh, to be moved to do violence, uh, or, you know, how does that work? So, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's the, the, right, the right thing to make. I mean, there, there are some basic things like God is not going to move us to uh, murder our neighbor in cold blood. I mean, uh, that's clearly against his commandments. So if we feel moved that way, then it's not from God. So there are some kind of hard barriers around uh, what can be spoken or done prophetically. And, and that's uh, one uh, sphere of, of discernment. So working within uh, the good, you know, there are, there are times that we choose between multiple goods. I can exhort someone to better behavior. Uh, that's a, that's a, a, a useful example when we, we see somebody who's making bad decisions in their lives and we face this dilemma, do I accompany the person? Do I give them space? Do I exhort them? Do I step into this situation? Do I get involved in their life? Do I keep my distance? Do I? There's a lot of different possibilities and there's no one answer to that. And so how do we decide to, to move, to act? And um, I, I always like to tell the story of a, a friend, a directee of mine, who is, is a very gentle person and is uh, not prone to exhorting people. And she was with her friend who had been raised Catholic, but who had left the faith, who had really rejected the church and was pretty outspoken about that. Um, but because the Catholic mass, they were on a, a, a field trip together in college and the Catholic mass is more available than everybody else's worship services. And so because he wanted to observe Sunday, he went to mass and because he went to mass, he received communion. And she, I can't remember if she stopped him from receiving communion or just uh, exhorted him afterward and said, listen, you know, you can't reject the church, walk away and then receive communion as if you're in communion with the church. And she kind of surprised herself that she had said that, <laughs> but it actually got a process moving that he really started to examine what his thoughts were and what the issue was. And he started to look again. And now he's really one of the most faithful Catholics that I know. So her uh, intervention, which is very contrary to her own character, but was uh, moved. And, and I'm sure there's, a, there's always a mixture of things there. You know, was there a, a, a kind of indignation that had some of her own self, some of her own pride, some of her own ideas? Yeah, probably. You know, there's 
there's always a kind of mixture of things that gets involved in our decisions. Um, but there was, there was also something that moved in her that at least the Lord worked for the good. Maybe she didn't do it perfectly. Maybe she could have said it in a different way. Maybe she, she could have confronted him at a different time. But, um, you know, certainly the Lord worked with all of that. So within the area of where there are multiple approaches that we could take, uh, now we're at least talking in the right space. You know, it would have been fine for the centurion to let Jesus come to his home, but he was able to say he recognized the Lord. He, and maybe he had more reason for that than we realize. I really love the Chosen series, this new TV series, and it's building up the a centurion who is getting to know Jesus because he had already gotten to know Matthew, the tax collector, and then he sort of follows at a distance. And um, I'm not sure if it's the same centurion that appears later in the gospel asking for the healing of his servant, but uh, it's giving some context. You know, there may be more context for that story than we realize. So it may be building on a bit more than just a, he saw Jesus, he believed, he acted in this very faith-filled way. Um, we can always suppose or, you know, imagine that there may be a little bit more going on there. Um, but getting back to the, the question, how, how do we know about our own spontaneous action? Well, the most important thing is the development of virtue. You know, we, we did that series on the virtues for a reason. It's really the way that the faith gets into our flesh, uh, that, and, and the mark of, virtue of, of excelling in virtue is that it's exercised with ease, promptitude, and joy. And it's easy, so it comes easily to us. We do it like second nature. Uh, it, it's prompt, so it's not something that we have to furrow our brow and think about real hard for a long time, but it just comes spontaneously because we're formed that way. And then we do it with joy. It feels good. It, it's, it feels good to do good. It, we, we feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Compare this to uh, the skill of an athlete, for example. A baseball player is coming to mind. You know, you can't think about a 90 mile an hour, a 100 mile an hour, however fast those things get. Fastball that's being thrown at you. You're practically swinging the bat as soon as the ball is leaving the pitcher's hand. I mean, it's really stunning that they ever hit anything but they do it with ease, promptitude, and joy. Now, it's not exactly virtue because it's at the level of uh, you know, muscles and bodily reactions, but there's an analog there that the kind of practice that a, an excellent baseball player who has the natural capacity for some of these things, the kind of spontaneous response that he makes to a baseball is going to be very different than my spontaneous response to a baseball. And so we're going to be more likely to trust. And we actually derive some insight about the centurion. Jesus praises him. He doesn't say like, wow, you accidentally made a really good decision. I mean, he says, I never, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. He recognizes there's something unique about this centurion. He, he praises the quality, the character of the centurion, not just that he accidentally picked the right lottery number. So uh, there's something about developing virtue before we declare ourselves prophets and we start to trust our impulses we should live the christian life for a while we should go through the purgation the purification the 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 development of habits that become virtues that are part of living the christian life and then the 
the spontaneous decisions that come to us, which is really the, uh, the a gift of the Holy Spirit working through the virtue of prudence by which we can see maybe good human action or we can uh, make a, a strong response to against an evil or we can seize an opportunity for good. And we do that with, again, ease, promptitude, and joy. It really becomes a part of us, part of our living and breathing, the way that we think and act that... Uh, so that's that's the kind of thing that we're going to trust a lot more. There are going to be some other accompanying signs, and we've talked about this with St. Ignatius. He describes emotionally the way that we experience grace with our hearts being inflamed with love for God, being moved to uh, uh, choose God above all else, uh, being filled with joy and increase in faith and increase in hope and increase in love, uh, being moved to peace and inner stillness, uh, those, those kinds of signs that accompany grace, which he calls spiritual consolation, are also going to be good signs that this is really the Holy Spirit moving in me and is, is moving me to speak or to act. So, so we have some confirmations that we can kind of check out. And it doesn't have to be a long process, it can be very spontaneous as we get used to those con confirmations more and more. And, and as we start to trust in our virtue, our development of virtue more and more. And one of the things that I have learned is, uh, and I think that pretty much everyone can attest to it, is that it takes effort. While, while you say that you need to be prompt, that's the result of having already formed habits. And as anyone will know, regardless of what those habits are, the hardest part is to start one or to break a bad one. And because it's kind of in our life to not go against the current that we've created in our lives, whether that be a good direction or a bad direction, most people just want to keep going with that momentum that, that, that they're going with. And it does take a lot to do, as your friend said there, was to reevaluate what direction is, is he going in and why and, and changing and changing the direction is, is difficult. And that's where, you know, I know we mentioned it back in that virtue series that, you know, it, it does take effort to, to think about these. You know, in fact, one of the virtues is, of prudence is an expectation of continuing to learn and continuing to think and to reevaluate. So whenever there does become issues, you've already put yourself in a situation of this is my second nature. This is what I do. So with that, with that backdrop, that's going to put you so that whatever answer you put out there spontaneously, if you're already coming from, I'm already going in the right direction of, of spiritual goodness, the answer that will flow from you, even if it's second nature while thinking is more than likely going to be in that same direction. And I think that that's what we're calling to do here is to prepare yourself in a way that you will be ready. And that gets me, uh, you're actually untangling parts of my soup um, that I had been thinking about and, and, and I didn't even bring it up yet, but but that brings up um, the parable I'd been thinking of when Jesus has talked about the multiple brides out there waiting for the groom to come and some of them were prepared and some of them weren't and the the thought being there that 
what you've just outlined is the preparation, is how to build yourself in a spot of holiness. And that it's not something that you're going to be able to get to next Thursday. Because the way that habits work is the longer it takes you to turn into that corner, the harder it is when Thursday comes. And there's always going to be a natural tendency to not want to. And in fact, um, I was reading an article in a, in a health magazine that said that people who had worked out in the past and have felt that first day pain after initial workout, and then when the next one comes around, their body will actually give them impulses not to start working out again. And I know that's kind of depressing as we're talking here in the beginning of January as people are starting all their New Year's resolutions that there's actually a, a bodily instinct to tell you not to work out after you haven't been working out. But that's the physical side of what we're talking about, that habits are reinforced from the brain and through the muscles. And spiritual habits are the same way. Um, I mean, obviously, we can't measure how the soul is tugging us or, or you can't see a holy person and they look like they can run really fast or jump really high, but you can feel it. And the same emphasis of how habits are formed are there. And I, I thank you for, for, for clearing up things that, that were muddled here that I didn't even know how to articulate. So, And just to affirm you in that, Joe, the traditional teaching of the church is that that's exactly what's happening with the, the bridesmaids with their lamps lit, filled with oil. And the question is, well, why didn't they just share their oil? And the answer is because their oil is not something that could be shared. And that would correspond with virtue. I can't share my virtue with you. You have to develop your own virtue for yourself. And that's not something that you can either just run out to the store and buy as they tried to do, or, and it's not something that's transferable. My virtue is my virtue. Now I can help you grow in virtue, but I can't just give you mine at the last minute. So you're, uh, you're very insightful to apply that to, to that parable in particular. That's exactly what the, the fathers of the church have also done. And that's certainly true. But the one thing you can do is you can build an environment though. Um, I, I know that, that from, I mean, businesses call it corporate culture or whatever, but you can certainly build sticking in the, in the metaphor world, you can build a greenhouse that's better than other greenhouses so that the plants and the people you put in there are more likely to grow and, and to be effective. And, you know, even in that category, I know we've had this conversation before of some policies that get instituted up front, there can be pushback and not happy with it but at the end of the day they do yield good results even if it's a different way of getting there yielding better and stronger souls essentially so with that being said i, I definitely don't want to to eat up all of the time here as we're coming down the home stretch of this episode i want to give you a chance to give some final thoughts as as we conclude this topic well and i, I think uh just what you bring up Joe is uh, is really important to realize that the the Christian life is not a technique that we can sort of put on. It's not a switch that we can flip because ultimately it's relational. It's developing a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who moves in us to have those kinds of 
moments, uh, prophetic insights or prophetic actions that who, who moves in us at, at critical moments and engages the, the virtue that's been formed, that we develop the kinds of, of instincts which react rightly. And it's one of the reasons, you know, even some people talk about uh, victimless crimes or talk about, you know, well, it doesn't, I'm not hurting anybody. You know, I'm, I'm doing this alone in my room. I'm, I'm doing this uh, out of the sight of people. I'm doing this on my own time. But we, we form habits and those habits develop, you know, if we're talking about pornography, for example, uh, well, that's not victimless anyway, because there are people who are recording these things and that whole in sex slavery that, that goes on there. But even thinking, well, they're, you know, if I didn't exist, they'd still do it or justifying it in some way. But the fact is you, we form the way we form habits about how we look at people and giving permission, giving ourselves permission to look at people in a way that objectifies them, that uses them. You can't just turn that on and off. It becomes a part of us. And so we want to do things at all times that will be, you know, at the critical moment, the way that we look at the world, the way that we react to things. Again, I imagine uh, a baseball player, you know, if you're going to hit a curveball, you develop a kind of instinct. And I don't even have any idea how that works, but there's something that they pick up on about how the ball is moving out of the pitcher's hand and, and, if they, if they mess around and did bad things, swung the baseball bat in different ways in other settings, you, you mess up all that, all that machinery, as it were, the, the, the finely tuned instrument that our human body is malleable to respond to certain stimuli with certain uh, spontaneous reactions. And we want to do that in a way that is always conformed to the good, conformed to the best outcome, conformed to God's will. And that's a, that's a human effort going together with grace. God is actually giving us what we need, not to be an expert baseball player. There's uh, some nature, some natural gifting that happens there that not all of us have, but all of us have what we need by God's grace to have the reactions of saints in every situation. And that's what we practice for. That's what we strive for. And uh, as my soccer coach always reminded us, practice does not make perfect. Good practice makes perfect. Practice makes permanent. And so let's make permanent good practice, the, the right things, the right way of thinking, the right way of acting that we learn from our study of the scriptures and from our prayer, from our reading of the teaching of the church, from our look at the lives of the saints. These are all things that form good practice in us so that we can really be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And a beautiful note to end on is to, to think about that, reevaluate where we're at and what are we doing that's well and and where do what habits need to change so that we're not making permanent bad habits and bad policies within ourselves so i thank everyone out there for listening we'll be with you again here next week have a great week everyone